The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hey you guys, this is episode 5 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Richmond. And I'm Ethan Gable. This week we're going to be talking about gun control. And just guns in general. This episode probably isn't the best one to be doing right now, but it's very topical, so we're going to dive into the gun debate. We're here to talk about the hard truths. Absolutely. Uh, before we get started, we'd like to remind you, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. We're on virtually every podcasting app uh, available. So check us out, subscribe, like us, spread the word. Indeed. Also, before we get started, we did have a, a question from a listener. Ooh. All right. It was from hashtag 41, tilde L, tilde 30, <laughs> upward carrot, upward carrot 8. And they asked, wait, she isn't in high school, question mark? Didn't the millennial generation end in like 1995-ish? Okay, so am I Gen Z or am I a millennial? That is the question. Based on most definitions, and since no one has a unified definition of millennial, we're just going off the aggregate truth here. Uh, Millennial typically is defined between 1980 and the year 2000. So technically you are a millennial. I'm right on the cusp. Yeah, you are indeed on the cusp of being a millennial. Uh, There are even some people that define millennial all the way up to 2004. So if you go off that definition, you are truly a millennial. Wow. For all intents and purposes, you are the last of the millennials. The last of the millennials. Which is perfect for this podcast. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it. Uh, Again, we're talking about guns today. What's prompting this, obviously, is the yet another school shooting, uh, this time in Parkland, Florida, that claimed the lives of 17 uh, students and faculty members. And this one's different. There's a lot of backlash. You have the phenomenon where the survivors of the school shooting are almost adults and have a say, and they are fired up, and they want things to change. Yeah, 17 lives is quite a lot. Not that like 11 or 8 isn't, but this is getting out of hand. Yeah, I think most people would agree that something needs to be done. We know statistically there aren't more shootings than normal, but at the same time, after each one, nothing happens. And I think that's what people are getting fed up with. Yeah, you would think that with so many people dying that the government would be like, hey, this is probably something we should look at, but nope. Correct. But this time it does seem that maybe some forward progress will be made, and that's causing a fervor amongst Americans. Uh, We are fighting big time right now. You have the NRA coming out and basically advocating that, hey, nothing needs to change. Uh, And then you have all these survivors of Parkland and people related to the Newtown Massacre and Columbine, all these people coming back up to the surface and saying, hey, we definitely need to make a change here. That's basically what we're going to talk about today is what we as millennials think about this. So I'm just going to throw out some things to you, Abby, and I want you to tell me what you think of them and whether they go far enough. Uh, So let's start with a big controversial one here, and this is coming from the side that is resistant to any sort of gun control is arming teachers. Oh, that's just one of the most bogus things I've heard in this situation because teachers are already responsible for so many different things and are underpaid at that. They're social workers, they are, you know, actual teachers, and they have so many different jobs that they already have to do. I think that giving them one more of protecting children with guns is asking a lot of them. But also with that, I feel like I wouldn't feel safe with having so many teachers with guns in a mass shooting situation, like a school shooting situation, because that's just adding guns to the situation. So like, if I'm running away from the shot, am I running towards a teacher with a 
gun and am I running towards danger, you know? Oh, I completely agree. I think this is a horrendous idea. As an educator, uh, like you said, we have a ton of other things that we are responsible for and need to worry about, and I don't want a gun to be one of them. There are so many things that could go wrong, as pointed out. Teachers notoriously misuse the email system of like, hey, lost my keys. You know where those are at? Or hey, where's this red folder at? It would be a sad moment to get that email being like, hey, misplaced my gun. Can you help me find that? Can't find my gun. (laughs) Yeah, and that like invites so much trouble to having that many guns on campus. Kids that didn't previously have access to them just have to find a teacher that doesn't necessarily keep a good eye on theirs, and then they're armed. Not to mention, who's going to pay for these guns? Who's going to pay for the training? It seems like everyone's forgetting that teaching is not a lucrative career. Right. Are you going to require us to go get guns? And I know Trump has said that, oh no, it's not all teachers, it's just going to be, uh, I believe he used the percentage, 20% of teachers, or ones that are in the, the military or ones that are already licensed to own guns but even that like who's paying for that you won't give out bonuses for good test scores but all of a sudden he's like no we'll, we'll give bonuses to the teachers carrying guns that's all <laughs> insane who's paying for this that's ridiculous i concur i can't without taking up an entire podcast give all of the reasons why this is a bad idea but for anyone listening that thinks that's a good idea that is not going to work that is going to introduce more problems into the public school system and any Anyone advocating that is pretty much exclusively not a teacher. Even though everyone is a, an expert on how teaching should go and an expert on education, I don't know if you've noticed this, but everyone thinks they know what's best for education. Right, yeah. I'm here to tell you that would be terrible. Also, like, when the police or SWAT or whoever is coming in to clear the school, if they're just coming into a room, they're going to get lit up. 100%. I don't want to be the teacher even if I neutralize the gunman, I do not want to be the teacher anywhere near a gun when SWAT breaks in. I will be dead, and the news will be like, what a hero. But at the same time, I will be dead. Don't want any part of that. Yeah. All right, so here's another one. Basically, I'm just I'm saying the ones that Trump came out with. <sighs> if you want to go and talk about the other side, there are clearly all kinds of different things that could happen. But I'm giving you the ones that are the most realistic, that the most fervent NRA member could support. This next one, I want to raise the age to purchase a rifle and other higher ammunition type of guns like that uh, to 21 versus 18. What do you think about that? Underage kids aren't really good at making decisions and our brains aren't fully developed in that area. So we can't like make decisions on our own. I think that is the reason as far as uh, maturity and mental capacity and growth and development and intelligence and that type of thing not ready for a advanced firearm at age 18. So let's push the age back to 21. Do you think that would change things? Well, I don't necessarily think it would change a lot, but it would change some, you know, and, and you have to start somewhere. Oh no, I agree. I don't think an 18 year old needs a semi-automatic rifle, which the natural argument to that, which I'm, I'm surprised Trump is floating this in the first place, but the natural argument to that is if you're 18, you can join the military and have a gun. So why can't a civilian as well? Why does anybody need a semi-automatic weapon? Like, that's just an anti-personnel weapon, isn't it? Like More or less. I mean, some people are going to claim that you need them for hunting. I don't. I feel like you don't need to have a lot of ammunition to kill a squirrel. I concur. So would you say you are in unison with Trump on this point that we should push the age back to 21 across the United States? Yeah. I can't believe I just said that. 
Speaking of that, I'm not big into guns. I just really have no interest. I think people should be able to own guns. I'm not anti-gun whatsoever. But I was curious, so I looked up what it would take for me to go buy a gun tomorrow, for instance. And here's what I found. Basically, I am of the age where I can buy any gun I want in Missouri. As long as I buy from a federally licensed gun dealer, I will have a background check, which consists of the dealer calling the FBI, running my name, and seeing if I'm able to buy a gun. And this takes about 15 minutes. I'm allowed to do this as long as I'm not a felon or mentally incapacitated. So I'm neither of those things, so I'd be good to go. There's no waiting period, no permit required. You do not have to register your firearm, and I can buy as many as I want. You have to have a permit to go fishing, and you don't have to have a- Oh my goodness. Yeah, so legitimately, I have no reason to trigger a background check. Tomorrow, after school, Abby, I could go purchase an AR-15. No questions asked. That's terrifying. A little bit. Obviously, I'm not going to go shoot up a school as I work at one, and that would kind of defeat the purpose of my job. But <laughs> if someone in my position wanted to do just that, there's really nothing stopping that person from going and legally acquiring a firearm to do such damage. What constitutes mentally incapacitated? That's a great question. Like, where do they draw that line? I don't think anyone knows. The problem is, I also saw this, healthcare providers are not allowed to ask about firearm ownership. So let's say I went to the doctor and, I don't know, they were like, sir, you're schizophrenic. They aren't allowed by law to ask me if I own a firearm, which I think would be a good thing to know. Yeah, I feel like that would be a good thing to know. Mm, I feel unsafe. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people feel unsafe. I get that we're in America and the Second Amendment is a big deal that we have the right as humans to own guns, uh, the right to bear arms, if you will. I don't know if that's reasonable that almost anyone, as long as you're of age, no questions asked, truly can go buy a firearm. You know what else was popular in 1791 when the Second Amendment was adopted? What? Slavery. True. Bloodletting. True. Smallpox. So the argument that the left makes a lot, and this drives the right absolutely bonkers, is the Second Amendment does not apply anymore, as the Second Amendment was written to protect the free citizens of the United States from a tyrannical government. So the idea was, if the government got too tyrannical, we would revolt with our firearms, take down the government, start fresh, which was the intended idea. However, now the left correctly points out that even with guns, we are not taking down the United States government. Basically, the only power we have left is a vote, and hopefully we're not all disenfranchised and we still possess that power. That drives the right crazy, and that honestly, as someone that tries to live in the middle, that kind of drives me crazy as well. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Is the Second Amendment completely outdated? I don't think it's entirely outdated. Like, I still think that we have rights to defend ourselves, but to overthrow the government, I don't think that it's necessarily gonna work. Here's my point on that. I fully understand that we are not overthrowing the government with an AR-15. They'll just run a tank over your house and kill everyone if it really came to that. Yeah. But if it did come to the point where we needed to revolt, I would feel much better with a gun than without a gun. Yeah, fair. I don't know what that gun would do for me in this hypothetical overthrow of the government. However, I would still rather have one. I feel that I would be more powerful with one than like trying to take a mason jar and whittle it into like a shiv and go fight the government that way. <laughs> that probably wouldn't do a whole lot. Probably not. You could take a bow and arrow. Katniss Everdeen took down the government with her bow and arrow. That's true. I am a big fan of Katniss Everdeen and the Hunger Games, so you have a point, perhaps. Oh my goodness. I watched Mockingjay 2 the other night and it was 
terrifying because it was so similar to the government being crazy nowadays. That's when you know you're in trouble, when dystopian novels such as The Hunger Games start to mirror reality. Scary stuff, my dude. All right, other changes that at least the Trump administration is floating, expanded background checks. I support this 112,010 million percent. That's a lot. That's not even a real number. Correct. But I support it a billion percent because if you just have crappy background checks that really don't do a whole lot other than are you mentally incapacitated and are you a felon like okay that really doesn't tell you a whole lot about these people like does the person have like manic depression or a history of suicide attempts or schizophrenia those are all really not good traits to have when you're a gun owner you know no doubt I think those are reasonable things to point out that would disqualify you from having a gun. But you're right. The current background checks don't really dig into that. And maybe they should. And most of America agrees with that. They had a poll the other day, Quinnipiac poll, about expanded background checks. And 97% of Americans said that we could use expanded background checks. Which, for America at this present time, that's like, you gotta go do this right now. Yeah. For us to be that unified in the decision, it's crazy that we aren't doing anything yet. So besides for arming teachers, it sounds like Abby Richmond, the Birkenstock-wearing hippie, is in agreement with Donald Trump. Oh, no. (laughs) No comment. Fair enough. Here's the problem with all of this. You have this giant organization called the National Rifle Association who fundamentally opposes all of those things. Yeah. The only give they've had in the last year is the banning of bum stocks, and that still hasn't happened. I was going to say, that hasn't happened yet. What happened at the uh, the town hall meeting? The CNN town hall the other night? Yeah, where like an NRA representative came and she like lied about all the NRA stances. Yeah, I'm not thrilled with the NRA. I stumbled upon the head of the NRA's speech at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, the other day. His name's Wayne LaPierre, I believe. And he, instead of presenting some common sense gun reforms. And we're not even talking gun control. We're talking gun reforms. Basically called anyone that is supporting these, what I would call common sense changes in gun laws, elite socialists that want to destroy the country. It was the craziest (laughs) speech I've ever heard in my life. He was digging up Hillary Clinton stuff. He was blaming the FBI for the shooting. They were saying that like the mass media loves school shootings because it drives ratings. He was saying these crazy inflammatory things and to ruckus applause of the audience. I found this like comment on Facebook. Let me see if I can find it. This comment says every mass shooting is pre-planned by the DNC party to advocate gun control. It's only the Democrats and like rats is capitalized that are trying to disarm Americans. Sad they go as far as killing children and lying and using actors, etc. to push the libtard agenda. Yep. This is a common response from the fringe. Uh, it's not even the fringe anymore. A good chunk of the right after a school shooting is that it was planned in order to enact gun control. They said the same thing about Sandy Hook. They said the children that were shot in Sandy Hook were actors. The six-year-old. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Those are little babies and they're dying and that's not okay. Definitely. And you have a whole group of people demonizing the people that were shot as some political conspiracy. It's a weird time we're living in, Abby. Weird times. Do you feel that of your peers, like your specific peers, classmates, 
uh, kids you go to school with, do you think most of them would agree that we need to do something about access to firearms? And we're not, again, talking about significant gun control. We're talking about these minor tweaks that may have prevented the shooting. Do you think they would be on board with this? Oh, yeah. Even even the super conservative people in my life are still like, yeah, this needs to stop. So do you think we've hit a turning point? Is this it? We're finally going to do something about this? I hope so. I mean, from what I can tell in, in just my small corner of, of Missouri, I think that people are ready for change. That's positive. When you have Missourians saying that it's time for a change, then that's a positive. Hopefully, the things coming out of the NRA and the things coming out of the conservative talk show hosts are not the majority, not the silent majority opinion, and we can actually do something here. Fingers crossed. So, as I was looking up research for this episode, I found this interesting factoid about our state of Missouri. Okay, hit me with it. So previous to 2007, in the state of Missouri, you had to get a permit in order to possess a handgun. They repealed it in 2007. Here are some statistics. And this was a study done by a guy named Daniel Webster, who I believe is connected with Johns Hopkins University. From 1999 to 2006, gun homicide in Missouri was 13.8% higher than the national average. So even with the permit to have the handgun, homicide specifically from guns was 13.8% higher. And I would like to specify at this point, this is gun homicide. A lot of times the uh, conservatives and the pro-gun people uh, get really mad at statistics because they're like, oh, suicides are counted in that and those gun deaths. This is not. This is strictly gun homicide. After they repealed the law in 2007, from the years 2008 to 2014, Instead of being 13.8% higher than the national average, gun homicides in Missouri were 47% higher than the national average. Oh my goodness. Over that same amount of time, gun homicides dropped in the United States, so that explosion isn't as crazy as it sounds. However, we are significantly beating the national average in gun homicides after the permit was repealed. Why did they repeal it? Basically, what happened is there was a change in how the legislature of Missouri was constructed. You got a lot of Republicans in there and it was repealed and no one fought it and it just kind of happened. But statistically, and this is one of the rare times in America where gun controls were backed off, like usually more put in place. Here's a case where they were backed off. Gun homicides went up. We have a lot of gun murders in the state of Missouri and there's virtually free access to guns. (laughs) Sadness. Do you think at this point, given these school shootings and these mass shootings just in general at churches and concerts and that type of thing, that the political climate in the state, that we could perhaps get that permit back or maybe tweak the gun laws here in Missouri to maybe make access to guns not so easy? I don't know. I think the fact that like a lot of that isn't happening here may provide for some resistance in that change. But I don't know. Currently, with our our governor in a hiatus, I don't know what's going to happen. Because, like, this is a time when we really need him, and there's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go on record here, and I've been saying this all along. The Missouri governor needs to resign immediately. Nothing politically is going to get done as long as he has a felony indictment hanging over his head. He needs to resign. Yeah. Whatever it takes to make that happen. Nate Walker, whoever, call me, let me know, and I will get on board with that. He needs to go. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like him. I met him at Girl State, and I really don't like him. 
Did you really? Yeah. Any anecdotes from that? I would love to hear that story. Okay, so a girl from my city asked, got to ask him a question, and he absolutely didn't know how to respond whatsoever, and so he just kind of talked in circles, and then talked about, like, like he rallied the rest of the girls there about, like, stupid stuff, like him being a family man, and him, I don't know, being in the army and whatnot, and so he just told stories to get people behind him instead of listening to what the question was and what he had to say about it. So that just pissed me off. I hear that a lot. I've, I've had several students that have met him through Girls or Boy State, and that's the same exact story I've heard from all of them. Yeah. And this family man was tying his mistress up and taking pictures of her. <laughs> Classy stuff. That's What a great husband. Absolutely. That's the kind of guy that uh, every girl dreams of, I'm sure. <laughs> Hard pass. Do you have any particularly uh, staunch stance on expanded gun control? Do you think there are certain guns that should be eliminated or prohibited from sale? Like, what are, what's just your general thoughts? Like, you've listed out things you agree with uh, that Trump is also saying, but is there more that you feel personally that could be done? Yeah, all of those anti-personnel weapons, like, there's literally no reason to have those in your home unless you are a soldier you know what i mean like unless you are actually taking this gun into battle i don't think there's any reason to have a weapon of that caliber or magazine clips that are anything over like 10 10 rounds you feel me Okay, so you would like smaller magazines, and yes. you agree there are some some advanced weapons that should not be available to the general public. Indeed. Like, not that I know a whole lot about guns, but like the AR-15s and the other guns that are being used in these mass shootings, people don't need to have access to that. Or at least they should have incredibly extensive background checks to obtain one of them. Okay, so that's definitely more of the liberal approach that I was looking for. I would somewhat argue with you on maybe the removal of some guns for sale. Uh, that's where my anarchist is going to come out as far as I don't like being told what to do. And if I want to own a high-powered rifle that shoots a zillion bullets, I should be able to do that. But I can get on board with you that if I'm going to be allowed to do that, they need to make sure I am squeaky clean and pass perhaps like a cognitive test and make sure my mental frame and emotional state is uh, sufficient to own that firearm. I think they should also make sure that you know how to use it safely. No doubt. And the fact that it is more challenging to own a driver's license to legally drive a car than it is to go purchase an AR-15 in Missouri boggles my mind. When I had to go through my like driver's ed class after I got my speeding ticket, they told me that I basically owned a 2,000 pound weapon. True. Because because I could kill people. And so like that scares me. And so it's good that we have those things in place. So I think that things that were designed to kill things should definitely have the same sort of restrictions. Since I'm a, an Iowa boy, I had to look this up. But I wanted to know what it took to get a driver's license in Missouri. You have to have your learner's permit for 182 days. And I'm sure you remember doing all this stuff. You have to have 40 hours of practice documented. You have to take a driver's test. And in order to go get your license, you have to have your birth certificate available and pay a license fee. None of those things, none of them are required to buy a handgun or a rifle. But to get a driver's license, not even to own a car, just a driver's license, you have to check off all those boxes. <sighs> yeah. As we wrap this up, let's go back to where we started. How do we stop, besides these gun reduction and 
increased background check measures that have been presented by the president that you and I both agree with for the most part, besides arming teachers, how do we reduce slash stop school shootings? Because you and I both know that if you increase background checks, include mental competency in that, if you uh, put waiting periods on guns, if you uh, increase the age to 21, if you make these changes, you and I both know that is not going to stop someone that is intent on shooting students. So how can we prevent this? We talked about this a little bit the other day, but I think that increasing security, at least on our school, I don't know about bigger schools and how they run their schools, but we have absolutely no security at our school. Like, we have one security officer, I think, but then our doors are unlocked all day, and people have free reign to come in and out if they want. Like, they're encouraged to go visit the office first, but that doesn't mean that they can't come in through the science wing or by the weight room um, because those doors are unlocked. So I think that maybe having to scan an ID to make sure that it's only students coming in or call in button like the primary has. Something to at least slow down someone from coming in would be nice. What about extra counselors and resource officers and social workers? Do you think we could benefit from perhaps diverting money from arming teachers maybe towards enhanced and extra professionals in the building? Yeah, I mean, literally, what downside is there to having extra people to support your students, you know? There are downsides to arming teachers, but what are the downsides to having someone there to listen to your students in case they're struggling with mental health so, like, you stop it before it becomes a problem or officers, you know, there when when the problem does arise? There's not really anything wrong with that that I can see. I completely agree. I think there are some common sense things that can be done relatively easily that would have a greater impact on reducing the number of school shootings specifically than arming teachers. And we need to take a good hard look at those as a society and we need to implement those. Uh, This back and forth gun debate, I don't know if that's going to get us anywhere. Definitely. So to summarize, Liberal Abby and Anarchist Ethan agree with three-fourths of what Donald Trump has suggested. What a day. This is history. What a day. All right, Abby. That was kind of a depressing episode. I have a depressing song for this week to match. Lovely. Let's hear it. Let's get the song pick of the week. All right. Well, I don't know if it's super depressing, but New Year's Day by Taylor Swift has been an absolute jam this week, and it's been like a sad jam because it's nice and quiet and heartfelt as a swifty i love that song i did not know that you would ever say that taylor swift is a heartfelt (laughs) songwriter yeah (laughs) it's been it's been an interesting um week you know learning about t swizzle very nice coming to enjoy her music but then i also have outright by wild party which is a much faster and and more upbeat jam. I've been checking out some Wild Party myself recently. Uh, My song pick of the week is by an artist named Julian Baker. She's this gal, and I guess we're back on the depressing train that writes some really introspective and deep, sad tunes. Uh, Specifically, the one this week I'll suggest is Sprained Ankle. I would recommend everyone check her out. Hmm. I haven't heard that one. All right. Thanks for checking out the fifth episode of Two Millennials, One Podcast, a very circular episode on the necessity of additional gun measures. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe. (laughs) This isn't YouTube. What do they have to do? What do they have to do? They have to subscribe to the podcast. You're exactly right. Okay, I was right. Okay, give us 
ratings. Yes, I believe it was five stars or go home or something. <laughs> five stars or go home. Exactly. So check us out next week for another enthralling episode of Two Millennials One Podcast. We'll catch you later. We'll be seeing you.